here today. You know, I've been thinking, obviously, about the role of mums this week, and, and I've thought again about how remarkable a role it is, and I began to think about some things mum do, mums do, and I'm going to list some functions that they engage, and then I'm going to stop, and I'm going to see if you have anything to add. You'll catch on in terms of what I'm talking about as we go. So here's what I think, uh, at least in part, uh, uh, this is what mums do. Number one, they're taxi drivers. Any mums concur? Agree? Not many of you. Try that again. Any mums agree that you're like a taxi driver? Yeah, there we go. Um, how about this? They're educators. They're counselors. They're nurse slash medics. They're nutritionists. They're chefs. Uh, they're accountants. They're peacemakers. And they're spiritual advisors. Anything else? What? <laughs> they're what? Probably. Probably. <laughs> well, you can probably add to the list, right? Because moms do so much. Um, my question as I approached this morning that, that was in my mind as I thought and as I dwelt on the passage that I'm going to bring to you is simply this. I wonder how or to what extent moms are appreciated. Or, or how, how, how are they really valued for what they do? Here's my first gut reaction to the question. It is this. If we really valued moms, we probably wouldn't need a Mother's Day so that we can value them and say thank you to them. Right? Like if we really thought it, we'd be thanking them every day. We would be saying, man, what an amazing thing you do. Thank you for what you do, mom. So you know what? Today we're here to do that very thing. We're here to honor mothers. Um, whether they be grandparents, sometimes it's an aunt, and, you know, just women who are in our lives who make a difference and to appreciate them for what they do. To do so, I want to look at, uh, at the story of a, 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 a mom in the Bible named Jacobed. Now, we're in the, the year of the Bible, and we're really encouraging everybody who calls IPC home to read Scripture at least a little bit every day, to learn the book, to allow it to transform you. If you want to grow in Christ, if you want to be made new in Jesus and become like Him, you will not get there without knowing Scripture and applying it to your life and letting the Spirit of God penetrate to your heart with its truth. So how many people know who Jacobet is? I thought some of you might. Put your hands up, way in the air. This is impressive, more, more than I thought. Jacobed uh, was the, by the way, we know her story far better than we know her name. But she was the mother of Moses. And there's an incredible story um, that, that I want to describe to you about Jacobed and what she did and so forth. And we're going to dig into it. The story is in Exodus chapter 2. The context is given to is prior to that. In the latter part of Genesis, or all the way through Genesis when you think of it, and then in chapter 1 of Exodus. And God has begun to form for himself a people. He starts with Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebekah. And then Jacob is born. And then the 12 sons of, of Jacob who become the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. And if you know the story, Joseph, one of those sons, is taken in an incredible fashion. don't have time to tell the story, but it wasn't fun. He's taken down to Egypt, and he becomes a slave. Eventually, by God's power and intervention, he rises to a place of incredible political prominence and power, second only to the king. He, for, for seven years and seven years of plenty, he puts grain away because God has told him seven years of starvation and famine are coming. And, and, and as those years of, of famine come along, Jacob and his other 11 sons ultimately go down to Egypt to be saved from starvation. They go there to survive. 
And as they remain there, the Israelites become plentiful and numerous to the point that the Egyptians begin to, the word is dread them. They became fearful of, of, of this group of, of Israelite people. So Pharaoh comes up with two plans. This is the immediate context. The first plan is he calls the midwives of, of Israel together and he says to those midwives, I want you to keep this quiet, but as you help um, give uh, help women give birth among the Israelite people, I want you to kill every boy that is born. Every single one of them. He's seeking to annihilate the Israelites, but he wants to do it quietly. Well, these midwives kind of say, uh-uh, I don't think so, no way. <laughs> and it's an incredible story in itself. That doesn't work. So then, then Pharaoh just decides, okay, I'm Pharaoh, and as, as was typical of Pharaohs in those days, he just said, okay, this is the deal. Every Israelite boy that is born has to be thrown into the Nile and drowned. I'm going to ethnically cleanse my land of these people. That's what we call it now. Quite frankly, this was a brutal and, 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 and violent time. It was horrific. It would have been an awful thing to live through. Grief would have been so prominent. Heartbreak would have been all over the place. Um, and, and this is the context into which this, uh, from which this story I'm about to read to you emerges. And we see a mom named Jacobed do something quite remarkable. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Let's read that together. Now, a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a, a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Moses, the word means draw out. Um, quite a story, quite a remarkable story. You know, one of the things I want to point out to you as we jump in here, and it's really interesting, is that as we read this story, you will notice that the, the name Jacobed is not mentioned. I think it's significant. Everything is in Scripture and not in Scripture is significant. Because what is focused upon here is only and entirely the fact that she is a mother. She got married, she became pregnant, she gave birth to a son. This is, this is mother-focused, you know? Uh, and, and it's so clear to see. You know, as I describe it, th those three things, marriage and then pregnancy and then birth, it's so easy to read that, but it's so hard to do. Right, moms? Um, I mean, the whole pregnancy. Can you imagine as she went through this process, seeing infant boys being drowned in the Nile, seeing the grief of the mother's who surrounded her, the angst that must have been in her heart, the thought, oh man, is my baby a boy or is it a girl? And if it's a boy, am I going to lose him? It's been a terrible, terrible time, a difficult time. 
And then, of course, the childhood, childbirth, no walk in the park. Right, moms? Tough stuff. And the bottom line is that the reality that is being portrayed for us here is that being a mom is no easy thing. Right, moms? Thank you. And then it says this, that she saw that the baby was a, uh, a fine child, the NIV says, a fine child. This is, this is a little phrase in Hebrew that is really hard to uh, translate into English. You know, probably the closest we can get to it is, is that the child was fair to God. The, but I would suggest the message translation does really well when it says that, that um, there was something special about him. Jacobed was able to look at this child <clears throat> and through a, a sensitivity that she had to the Spirit of God, saw something in this baby and it moved her. And she refused to, to bow to the command of Pharaoh. And she acted. You know, she hid Moses for a time, and after that wasn't possible anymore, she built this waterproof basket, and she placed him in, in it and put the basket in the Nile, where he was discovered by this Egyptian princess. Remarkable story. Remarkable. Basic message here, and we have to recognize it, is that God was at work to thwart the plan of Pharaoh. Like, there's no question. Pharaoh stands up in power and he says, I want destruction and death. And at least in this instance, God stands up and he says, no, not this one. I'm in control. I'm going to do what I want to do in spite of what you think. See, God was at work to thwart the plan of Pharaoh and to save what? You could say a baby. You could actually expand that a little bit and you could say... Uh, the people of Israel, the Hebrews, who would become the Israelites in, in, in a nation, to save a nation? But you know the, the best answer to the question, God was at work to thwart the plans of Pharaoh in order to save the world. Poof, right? You got to think like that. You got to be blown away with this, this moment, this critical moment when God intervenes. Because you see, Moses would grow up and he would be saved and he would be the leader that the people of Israel needed to go to, 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 to be freed from slavery and freed from Egypt, but to go to the, to the promised land where they would become a nation and they would produce a savior of the world, Jesus Christ, who would die on a cross and be raised to new life so that under his rule and reign, the kingdom of God would spread across the entire known world. It is yet to happen, but it's happening, right? Across the entire known world until this world would be restored to the way God initially created it to be. And he did this all through a mom. He did this all through a mom. And it was dramatic. <laughs> and it's actually remarkable. Think about this. Pharaoh who's seeking the destruction of the people of Israel ending up taking into his household through the princess the one who would be trained as a military leader, the one who would be trained as a politician, the one who would be, would, would be trained as a leader, the one who would know the culture and the language of the people of Egypt, the one who would know how the court functioned in Egypt, the, the training of the perfect man who would approach Pharaoh one day and say in the name of God, let my people go. It's remarkable <laughs> that right under his nose, Pharaoh was enabling the leader 
who rather than annihilating the people of Israel would cause them to become a nation under God. And he did it through a mom. You know, one of the really cool things about this text is the Hebrew word for basket here is the same word that was used in the Noah's Ark story for ark. Noah's Ark was massive and big. This little ark was tiny and small, but it's the same word. It's the only time in the Old Testament this word is used, those two instances. And again, Scripture isn't written accidentally or by fools. It was written by intelligent men under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And the point here is this, that in both instances, there was a critical action of God to save taking place. First, humanity through, um, through uh, Noah and here, his people, and indeed, ultimately, the world through a woman named Jacobed, that God's story might unfold. And what we see here is a woman of incredible courage. And she defied Pharaoh. She put herself, I would suggest to you, in significant danger in order to do so, but something rose up in her, and she said, No. I'm not going to let that happen to my child. She was, a, she was a woman of incredible resourcefulness. You know, the, the commentators unanimously say that when uh, Jacobet placed the basket with the child Moses in it where she did, she did so because she knew this is where the princes would bathe in the hope of one of them finding Moses and adopting him as her child. <laughs> That's not bad. And I want to tell you, she was a woman of incredible faith. Faith. She, this, this spiritual sensitivity is she gave birth to this little boy and looked at him and she said, oh my goodness, there's something special here. And she was a woman of faith who then refused to give in to the demand of evil. Let me read to you Hebrews 11:23. This is the passage that just marches through the incredible heroes of faith. In the history of the people of God, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. There's the reflection of what I've described to you. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. Wow. You see, this woman, this woman, uh, through whatever means, was was a woman of incredible faith in God. You know, the reality of, of God was with her and she knew what she had to do and she, she had the courage because of her faith to do it. She did the right thing. She did the good thing. She did the thing that God was leading her to do. Now I want to tell you, if, if, if there's any lesson in this, mums, it is this. If you want to be the best mom you can be, give yourself to a pursuit of faith. I don't know if a lot of people, a lot of moms would, would equate the two or people generally, but, you know, a lot of moms want to be great moms. They do. They want to do the best for their child, and they want to love their child and have a great influence on their child. But I don't know how many moms, even Christian moms, say, if there's one thing I can do to be a great mom is I've got to deepen my relationship with Jesus Christ. I've got to grow in my faith to the point where I will be enabled to do what needs to be done in order to bless my child. You know, it it is as we give ourselves to this. It is as we, let me put it this way, put ourselves in a place. We position ourselves before God so that God by his spirit through his word can impact our hearts 
and, and, and make us such a person and give us the courage that we need and make us resourceful in the way that Jacobed was resourceful and guide us in the way that God specifically and clearly guided her. You know, we've got to put ourselves in that position time and time and time and time and time again. So as the word of God washes over our lives and as the word of God penetrates to our hearts, we become that woman of faith, that mother of faith who can make a difference in the saving of the world. You know, so on a daily basis, take time to be with Jesus. I know it's hard, especially when kids are little. Changing, I was going to say washing diapers. We don't do that anymore. Changing diapers. I never did, but <laughs> changing diapers and chasing after those little ones and driving them everywhere and being the nurse and being the accountant and being the peacemaker and being the, you know, the list, right? That's hard. Uh, and that this is a place for dads or grandparents or whoever it might be that might step into the circumstance to allow a mom just few minutes every single day to get into the presence of a God who loves her and wants to just pour himself and his grace and his love and his faith into her being. Can we enable that for the moms who are in the room? Can we make it happen? Moms, position yourself before God on a, uh, in worship on a Sunday every, every week, every week. Get into this place which is given over to the worship of God and to the listening of God and to the word of God and to the transformation of God that you might become an incredible woman of faith because that's going to change everything and allow you to be the best mom that you can be. Profound lesson. Let's go back to the story. I have a question for you. I, get a, I think it's a significant question. As, as, as uh, Jacobed heard from God, as she acted and she hid Moses, and as she made the basket and she sent him out into the reeds, and as she saw and participated in what was about to take place with the princess of Egypt, do you think she had any idea in that moment, any idea of the critical role that she was playing in the redemption of the world? I think she didn't have a clue. Doesn't say she had any idea. And if you, and if you realis, realistically put yourself into the scenario, you recognize she couldn't have known. She didn't know what God was up to. God did. <laughs> but she didn't. All she knew was that God had given her a child, and it was her job as a mom to love and to protect and to care for that little boy. I want to tell you, my friends, lessons here that we have to learn. Big picture, number one. Very simply, I want to say to every mother who is here, I don't care that whether you're a young mother or an older mother, whether you're a grandmother or whether you're an aunt and you have a significant influence in the lives of children, whether you're a friend, a godparent, whatever it might be, moms, what you do really, really matters. <laughs> that's, what this, that, that, that's where we begin to understand this passage. And whether people recognize it or not, and whether people appreciate you for what you do or not, it really, really counts. God knows, and God appreciates it, and God values it highly. I was thinking about, uh, about this, this impact that moms have in the lives of their children and beyond, and we'll speak to that in a minute, but this question came to my mind. I wonder 
when you think of all the mums in the world, particularly mums who are filled with faith and who are passionate for the kingdom of God and are empowered by the love of God and are guided by God in the ways that Jochebed was, who do you think has more impact in the coming of the kingdom of God? All those mums who are impacting the lives of their children are all the preachers in the world who are doing what I do on a Sunday morning. You got it right. I think the mums do. I think the mums have greater potential for the kingdom of God because you live every single day with those little ones as you bring them up. And then as they grow up and move out, you still have impact. To be this powerful influence for God in the life of your, chil- your child, powerful. And multiply that millions of times over and look at what God is doing. I should have maybe started with this one. Who has more impact? All those mums loving and serving and sacrificing and risking and and challenging evil for the sake of their children. Who has greater impact? Those mums or all the politicians of our world. Yeah, laughter, right? Yeah. Presidents, prime ministers, members of parliament, members of the legislative assembly, MLAs, senators. Isn't that, that is laughable. I'm telling you, mums have far more potential impact for the kingdom of God and have impact for the kingdom of God far more than the most powerful people in our land. Mom, understand that you have impact under God. Um, number two. Um, Know that as you love and as you serve and as you sacrifice and as you act as God leads you to act, as a, as a woman of faith, as you do what God has created you to do as a mom, just know that God will work through you and that you and your children will become part of the greater God story. We're living the story, right? I want to tell you moms have such a powerful role to play in this. Let me say this. Your children might not become a Moses. Might not become an incredible leader of God's people or a really incredible leader in any realm of the world, although they might. But I want to tell you, every child you have or will give birth to, every child you love and pray for and serve, every child you fight for in the face of evil, That child is precious to God. That child is precious to God. And that is a life that God will use to build his kingdom in whatever realm. They are being sent out, God willing, as followers of Jesus, as agents of change, as kingdom transformers that the will of God might be done in this world. And it might be into the church, hopefully it will. It might be in the realm of education. It might be in the realm of politics. It might be in the realm of business. But think of it. (laughs) What God will do with those ones, just as he did, in a sense, with Moses. See, my friends, God will use you and he will use them as they have been blessed by you. And maybe most importantly, God willing, these ones you give birth to and you fight for, they will be uh, part of God's family for an eternity. And they will serve the Lord in heaven forever. 
What a role God has given mums. Let me say this to you. Number three, when times look, look bleakest, as it was incredibly bleak for Yaakobad, remember that these are the times likely that God is most at work in you. That's hard to kind of embrace sometimes. <laughs> in our most painful, our most difficult times, our most challenged times, the times when fear threatens to overtake us and we're pushed farther than we think we can be pushed. My friends, it's likely those are the times when God is going to be most powerful at work, powerfully at work through you. And lastly, I want you to know this. Know that as uh, you serve God and as you sacrifice for God and as you bless him with your life, God will bless you as a mom. You know, one of the really interesting little twists in the story and... and uh, I love that it's being recorded, you know, some 3,500 years later, still talking about it and reading about this story. Um, but the way it played out is that, uh, yes, the princess found the child, and she said, you know, what a wonderful child. And then, of course, this, this sister, likely Miriam. By the way, Miriam and Aaron were the children of this mom too, right? And they became big players in the kingdom of God as it unfolded in Israel. But uh, she ran over and said, would you like a nursemaid to kind of nurse this child until he no longer needs nursed? And the prince said, oh, there's a nice idea. Could you find someone for me? And she ran back to Yaakobad and, would you like me to nurse this child for you? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And I'm going to pay you to do it. She was paid by royalty and probably well to do something she would be willing to do for nothing. She was blessed by God. And then part of her sacrifice would have been to hand over that child <clears throat> to Pharaoh's uh, daughter or niece or whatever the scenario actually was. It didn't, didn't have to be a daughter. But, um, and that would have been part of the sacrifice. That would have been part of the heartache in it, right? But she did it. And she would have known <clears throat> that her boy was being brought up um, in the halls of power where every single one of his needs would be met. He would be fed, he would be clothed, he would be trained, he would be educated. He would become known and become one of the powerful. Can you imagine how much blessing that would have brought into her heart to know what God was doing in the life of her child compared to what she as a slave woman could have given him? Remarkable. What blessing she would have known. I want to conclude with this today. Um, I want to tell you what Yaakobed means in Hebrew. <clears throat> this is the first name that is given to anybody in the Bible which takes part of the holy name of God, Yahweh, and attaches it to something else in order to create her name. There are lots of them afterwards. Jonathan is such a name, Yah-Natan. God gift, the gift of God. That's what Jonathan means. Here we've got Yaakobed. That's remarkable. That is an absolutely remarkable thing. But what it actually means is the glory of God. Now I just hope every mom in this place, grandmother, aunt, godmother, etc., etc., just had a chill run down your back. 
Because what this text is saying was that this mother, who represents all mothers, is the glory of God. Don't let anybody ever tell you that you don't count. You see, she was a woman who displayed the glory of God. Her faith, her sacrifice, her courage, her determination, her love, her ingenuity, her resourcefulness. So that the story was told then and it's told millennia later and we stand back and go, man, look, what a God. Look what God did in her. And people's eyes were opened then and they're opened now when we stand back and we just are left in awe because of what an incredible God we have. And I want to tell moms here, you display the glory of God as you love and as you sacrifice and as you give and as you serve. And some of you might say, not me, no, no, no. You don't know all about me. I'm not the perfect mom. I don't care if you're not the perfect mom. Well, I know you're not the perfect mom because no such a person exists. But I know that as you serve under God as a mother, the glory of God shines. It shines through you for your children to see and for your neighbors to see and for the world to see. So as you leave here today, moms, be proud to be a mom. Be proud to know what God has called you to. To this role that God has invited you into so that his story might unfold around the world. And as you seek God and as you love God and as you grow in your faith, know that the impact that comes into this world through you is substantial and that God is using you. Know that what you do counts a lot. Let's pray. God, uh, thank you again for your word. A book which describes life to us in a way that we don't tend to think of life. A book which brings your truth into our minds and enlightens us in our hearts and inspires us and leads us forward. And we thank you for this truth, God. The glory of God shines through mothers as they serve and as they love as they stand up to the power of evil and they protect their children from it, as they risk, as they sense you're leading and as they act. God, I just pray for these women today. All of us who surround them, pray for them today. We pray that you would deepen their faith and that you would give them the deep desire in their hearts to know you more and to be transformed by your word. And we pray, Lord, that you will lead them into those places of quiet presence with you that your word might transform them and enable them to be the people of love and courage and sacrifice 
you call them to be. And God, we pray that as they do, simply do that, that then you will use them in a mighty, mighty way. Lord, I think right now of all the children under the care of all the mums in this church who are here today, how precious they are to you how great the potential is for world impact through their lives and what is yet to come. God, we pray that you would use the mums as Jacobed was once used to touch their lives, to impact them, to see them go out from this place as agents of change in this world. God, you have a great dream for this world. You have a a passion to see this world renewed, returned to Eden, essentially, free of sin and brokenness and death, evil. God, we stand here before you today recognizing that, you know what, it's, it's mums who are key players in, in this process of world transformation. And God, we pray for the mums here today that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit, that you will empower them that you will bless them, that you will lead them and that you will guide them, that you will, that you will strengthen them, that you will give them the courage that they need to be the people that they can be in the lives of their children. God, I pray that every single mom here will know that uh, they play a critical role in the, in the kingdom of God, that they would leave this place encouraged and affirmed knowing that they are deeply appreciated, not only by us, but by you. So Lord, by your spirit, we just pray now for blessing, great blessing, Lord, pour your spirit into their lives and use them for your glory. This we pray in Jesus' name.